Welcome to Talks News, your only source to hit a lick on the White House. Let's get it. Squad autonomous, shooters anonymous, women androgynous, we do the opposite. Peggy so dominant, stay with one pistol like bitch, I'm monogamous. Married to opulence, fuck your accomplices, print up my documents. Sign up with confidence, fuck all the consequence. Need a Janelle on they so I can stop my metropolis. These bitches incompetent, weapons with silences. Not kill if be killed, decision unanimous. Not with the indie shit, no Titus Andronicus. Feel like Titus up in Zonarkin, banging you and inner guardians. High summon, bring it calm again. Sinners need not to pray for Peggy. Watch you niggas, cause my load is heavy. Baby flow with my spirit dreaded. When I crack the code, watch you get embedded. Thank you for joining me on Talks News. Your only source for intoxication. That was JPEG Mafia featuring Freaky off the uh, mixtape called Second Amendment. Uh, It used to be on streaming services. Now I'm not really sure where you can find it, and that's why I'm able to play it right now and not get my video muted on Twitch. Shouts out to copyright claims before they actually get claimed. Now, I want to thank you for joining me yet again, because this probably won't be the last time I thank you for joining me, because I just love you joining me. Thank you so much. It's been a minute. I'm back. Glad to be here. Again, that was JPEG Mafia featuring Freaky. Let's hit a lick on the White House. Now, JPEG Mafia is one of my favorite underground hip-hop artists. He makes his own beats that just kind of sound like, um, like, what did Kenny Beats say? It sounds like the, like the, the dark web, like he submitted the, the beat into the dark web and then the dark web chewed it up and then spit it back out and this is, that's what you get out of JPEG Mafia beats. I love his music so much. I was really sad when they took his, uh, his mixtape out of, uh streaming services i think peggy did that himself but you know you can still find it on youtube and probably download it somewhere or maybe even buy it off of his band camp again at the the album is uh second amendment it has great hits like this one right here bumbo pussy ross clot bumbo pussy ross clot that one um if you're into death grips that one will be a lot easier for you to listen to um peggy does have some very interesting abstract sounds in his shit um, so he, he's been often compared to, uh, Death Grips. I don't think it's a very fair, uh, comparison. I could, you know, I could see that for his beats, you know, but for the most part, I think Peggy has his own originality that, you know, he's kind of in his own lane. And I've, I've been watching his growth since, um, since Veteran came out and it's just been an upward trajectory of just awesomeness. And I can't wait for his next album. All My Heroes Are Cornballs have like a lot of hits and bangers for me, so... I can't wait to hear what Peggy's got rolling out, either in 2020 or maybe next year. I have no idea. He's been dropping singles this year. I think my favorite being "Covered," "Covered in Money," um, especially when he's like, uh, "There's one line that I'm not even gonna repeat it. Just look up the song." Uh, most of his singles, "Bald," "Bodyguard," um, what was that one that I like? Uh, "Rough Seven that he has with a uh, featured with like Tommy Genesis. That one is pretty sick. Like that beat, very sick. Um, check out Peggy's music um, and love thyself. I'm glad to be back, and th- I think the best way to get back into it really is to just hit the highlights with Kaylee Mech 
McAnny, 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 press secretary, Kaylee McAnny, I can't say her last name. I, I, I've never even actually heard it pronounced either. So this is cool. Um, Kaylee Mac, huh? Yeah, I, I actually don't know how to say it. That's uh, embarrassing, honestly. But uh, you know, no skin off my coat. Um, but we're going to get into this because I couldn't find any of Trump's administration coming out. I don't want to talk about Trump's nominee over there or go over an hour-long Trump uh, rally that happened yesterday, which he just can't stop fucking doing regardless of how bad the pandemic gets. Um, we're, we're, I, I anticipate a pretty bad winter here in America. But um, Kaylee here uh, is going to hit us the rounds. This was two days ago, I believe Friday... I'm recording this on uh, Sunday, the 27th of September, um, and this happened Friday, the 25th of September. So I think this is that press briefing where they hit all of the highlights from the week, and uh, she addresses it on behalf of the president because the president's too busy campaigning. Ah, coffee. Stay scrapped with the coffee. Um so there's a lot to get into here, but um, just because of what today is, it is Sunday and there are massive protests going on around the country. I just want to send love and uh, solidarity to Louisville, who I know is um, going through hell right now. Um, let's see. We still have live updates on Twitter about some of the Louisville uh, protests. It looks like they're also putting up Portland here, Portland having some more uh, uh, police violence against the protesters going on. Um, we have a lot going on in the states right now uh, pertaining to Breonna Taylor, and it seems to be like the same kind of thing that they did with Michael Brown. Um, they are attempting to destroy her character and completely obfuscate any of the facts that came out and simply just going off the police report, um, even at the expense of eyewitness accounts. Um, they're doing the damnest job that they could to just make uh, Brianna's murder justified. Uh, the The citizens are not having it, though. Um, I don't... I've, I've heard how conservative anchors, talking heads, and pundits feel about this, and it's uh, lie, 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 lie. But I'm not really sure how conservative uh, citizens feel about it. I would be more interested to see if they uh, believe the rhetoric that the right-wing pundits and talking heads are perpetuating throughout the zeitgeist. But uh, uh, so far, all I can tell is that it is a similar situation that we saw in 2014 with Michael Brown in Ferguson. Um, they did one hell of a job making Michael Brown look as terrible as a human being as they could in order to justify his murder, and then also discounting many witness, eyewitness accounts uh, so that the cops sounded more in truth than they actually were. Um, a great example here, let's see. If you go into YouTube and you type in Stranger Fruit, you get a documentary 
there's a trailer right here that you should check out but you can buy or rent this documentary and it's a it's an investigative documentary uh going into the details of how the michael brown case was first reported and then as the story gradually continued on all the way until the grand jury's announcement um then you get uh the story that we have today and one that the conservatives continue to peddle but the I, I can't even see jason pollock the director here i'm pretty sure actually did most of the investigative journalism and uh did a very deep dive and stayed very observant of the situation and the story surrounding michael brown michael brown had no previous records and so they the the city and the uh state had to do their damnest to make him look as bad as they could so that the officer Darren Wilson would be able to walk away scot-free. I highly recommend this documentary, Stranger Fruit. I think it is very illuminating. I don't think uh, Jason Pollock really... Uh, I don't think Jason Pollock uh, pulled any punches or even tried to really uh, misconstrued anything. I think he was just trying to uh uh keep 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 it uh honest um by following through so i highly recommend that and then what we have under here is zeal and ardor um i just noticed after i typed in stranger fruit because they have a song called stranger fruit i would highly suggest checking out zeal and ardor if you're into the metal persuasion it's a bit death metal um but also it's very good i like that album that it's off of so Zeal and Aldor is, is also getting a shout out for me, but for to understand the kind of uh, job that they're doing to Brianna Taylor, um, I think uh, it's important for people to watch Stranger Fruit. Um, because it, it, it has a lot of similarities. <laughs> And now I got to answer a text message. One second. <laughs> All right. Um, let's see. I got to fucking answer some text messages here real quick I got blown up like literally as I started this Jesus four different text messages all right personal life over Kaylee uh, take it away what is the what what does the press have to ask Kaylee in representation of the president Good afternoon, everyone. The radicals are in control of the Democrat Party. Wow. All right. Wow, just, woo, let's get that ball rolling. Um, wow. Mm. You know, Trump's been calling the Democrats radical leftists for a while now, so this is really, 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 really nothing new. Absolutely not. Um, this is just the... Uh, eventuality really of uh just the president's rhetoric building up the idea that 
uh, Democrats are radical leftists, uh, which just isn't really true. I would definitely say that, you know, they could see democratic socialists as uh, radicals here in this country, mainly because we're so conservative. But I'm not going to uh, buy the bullet that... Uh, uh, that uh, the, 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 the regular ass Democrats are radicals. That's that's just uh, malarkey. Good afternoon, in everyone. The, president, the radicals are in control of the president. Democrat Jesus. Party. Make no mistake, Democrat radicals want to shatter norms and disregard precedent for the sake of the very norms and precedent they claim must be safeguarded. They've proposed court packing, an egregious idea. They've entertained impeachment as punishment for the president exercising his lawful Article 2, Section 2 authority to appoint, uh, nominate rather, a justice to the Supreme Court. They've advocated for the abolition of the Electoral College. These are all the tactics that they are using to sow chaos and discord. Likewise, they're endorsing a mass mail-out ballot. Um, wow. Um, she is accusing the, uh, Democrats of trying to, um, uh, use different, I don't know, legal precedent. I mean, these aren't necessarily anything that would be illegal. Uh, maybe we do consider it to be radical in the United States, but that's just interesting because we're in a very different time. With the pandemic going on, we do have to look at various solutions in order to uphold the legitimacy of our, not not only of our elections, but of the overall democracy. So I am actually of the persuasion of eliminating the Electoral College. I think um, ranked, choice uh, ranked choice voting is, um, uh, is uh, more prescient. I think it would be much better um, allowing people to pick their top three candidates. And then also just illuminating the two-party system would be a great improvement. Um, flooding the courts and trying to stall the, uh, the, uh, the uh, what is it, not nomination, what's after that, the um, confirmation of the Supreme Court, I think that would probably, uh, that's actually a, a little bit more weaselly to me um, because I, it, it's it's just uh, just jamming uh, work into the Senate to slow down the process. And um, I mean, I don't think Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell is really going to give any two fucks about that. I think he's just going to focus on jamming that nomination through, that confirmation through. Um, but I, it seems like it, that's just like also a tactic that the Republicans would implement if the positions were switched. So I'm not going to condemn either, either or because honestly... I don't think either is right. You know, I think honestly that the Republicans should stand on the same precedent that they set in 2016 and not confirm and, and not do this until a new president is elected, because that's the argument that they had put up when Obama was in the position to do what Trump is doing now. Um, it's just obvious that this is partisan and it's gross and it does nothing to help the American people. We are focusing in on this so hard in the Senate when we still need to get... Um, relief money out to average American citizens.
ballot system that will likely lead to the kind of week-long delay New York witnessed in its recent primary. Far-left radicals resort to tactics like this to push their extreme agenda because they cannot win on the merits. They cannot succeed based on the will of the American people. It's very dangerous to, yeah, again, it's just like so dangerous, and the president's been doing it for a while, to call Democrats radical and extremists. It just builds this idea that like conservatives are the bastions of everything that is good, and so whenever they attack, kill, destroy, eliminate, Democrats, if they beat them up, it's it's all in the name of good. It's in the, the Democrats are extremists, they're evil, they're terrorists, they're radicals. It's that dehumanizing rhetoric that allows people to believe that the, the violence that they commit against their political opponent is justified because their political opponent is a radical evil person. It's not true. It's not true. And even if it were true, it's still not very healthy to... Uh, and it's still not a very healthy way to, well, it's just not true, honestly. And I, I'm not really willing to call the Republicans evil, but at the same time, when they talk like this, I believe they want subsets of the American society to be killed or to die. So, uh, oh, yeah. This administration will continue to call out these tactics while Democrats should end their petty politics and get to work. And with that, I'll take questions. John. Yeah, Kelly, I wonder if you can just clean up or clarify something the president said yesterday. Um, if he loses this election, can you assure us that there will be a peaceful transfer of power? You are referring to the question asked by the Playboy reporter, right? I, I'm referring to you with the president being asked if, if there would be a peaceful transfer of power, and he did not uh, say yes. Yeah, so I believe... I'm asking you, will there be a peaceful transfer of power if he loses this election? I believe that question asked by the Playboy power, in fact, I think I have it... <laughs> I like how, like, saying that it was asked by a Playboy reporter is a delegitimate, like, delegitimizes the, uh, um, I don't know, the, uh, it just, like, it tries to degenerate the, the, uh, the gravity of the question by saying it was asked by a Playboy reporter. Does that really matter? And what if that play re play Playboy reporter is actually asking better questions than, I don't know, the one American News Network reporters who throw softballs to the president, or Fox News who doesn't even ask him this question? Um, it's just fascinating. You know, maybe even CNN was lagging behind on asking the president this question, and Playboy was the one who was willing to do good journalism. But we're going to discount them and degrade them because it's Playboy. And so she has to make sure that she says, oh, by the that question by the Playboy reporter. And what I like is that the reporter who's asking this question had to, like, then reframe it and say, well, I, I'm asking this question now. I'm asking this question. Can you answer this question? Right here. Uh, he was I'm asked, he was asked when, yeah, he just, lose <laughs> or draw, whether he would accept the transfer of power. I'm not entirely sure if he won, why he would accept a transfer of power. That is um, maybe the deranged wish of that reporter, but that's not how uh, governing works. Very direct and very simple question. If the president loses this election, 
will this White House, will this president assure us that there will be a peaceful transfer of power? It's a very simple question. The, the, president, since, uh, the president will accept the results of a free and fair election. Uh, but I think that your question is more fitting to be asked of Democrats who have already been on the record saying they won't accept the results of an election. Um, in fact, I have several of them here for you. South Carolina Democrat uh, Jim Clyburn. It's very sly of her to say he's going to accept a free and fair election when since like the beginning of this election cycle, he's being he's he's said that this is going to be the most rigged election in American history. So since the beginning, he has not believed that this is a free and fair election. And that's where we're at right now. What are we supposed to do with that? Byrne has said uh, that Trump is not going to win fairly. Senator Barbara Boxer has said that the only way Trump will win is to steal it. That's according to Democrat Senator Barbara Boxer. Uh, the Washington Post has noted um, they have a headline, Democrats may not trust the results of the election if Trump wins. And then you have uh, that beautiful quote from Hillary Clinton that Joe Biden should not concede under any circumstance. So I think your fitting is more, quest more uh, fitting, a fitting question for Democrats. Yes. And I think like just recently, too. So the Democrats did make those comments, and it's because they do feel in the same way that Trump feels that this is a rigged election. Um, but I do remember just recently Trump saying that if you get rid of the ballots, we will have a continuation of power rather than the need of transferring it. So Trump basically just said, if we don't have an election, everything's going to be fine. Kaylee, just to understand this clearly, are the results legitimate only if the president wins? The president will accept the results of a free and fair election. He will accept the will of the American people. A free and fair election. He's just, they're just going to keep repeating that as, the, as Trump constantly tweets, this is the most rigged election of American history. Uh, there's been so much mail-in voter fraud. And he also tells his people to send in both ballots if they get them. If they, if they apply for an absentee ballot and it happens that they get the absentee ballot alongside a universal mail-in ballot, they should send both in and test the integrity of the system. It's, uh, it's bullshit. By asking his supporters to do that, he's asking them to commit mail-in voter fraud and also gunk up the system and also uh, make it uh, not free and uh, not fair. So uh, this is it's just posturing rhetoric to prepare us for a disaster. For clarity, if he loses and it's free and fair, he will accept it. I've answered your question. He will accept the results of a free and fair election. Let me ask you about Breonna Taylor, if I can, right now. First of all, just a little housekeeping. Has the president spoken to the family of Breonna Taylor? Um, I'm not aware of any conversation that they've had, but our hearts do no. go out to her family. Has the president spoken to the officers who were shot last night in Louisville? I'm not aware of any conversations. So the president spoke to the officers know. who were shot in Los Angeles, but to this point, there's no indication the president at any point over the last several months has spoken to the family of Breonna Taylor. I guess why the, not? The president routinely um, speaks to victims of horrendous um, tragedies. I've been here when he's um, met with the parents. He still hasn't talked to Jacob Blake's family. ...who lost uh, their children to instances of police brutality. Um, it was a really beautiful meeting, and the president um, consoled them. He's talked to the widows who have lost um, their husbands to police officers. He's um, spoken to Has widows of fallen soldiers. He routinely reaches out to victims of all kinds of atrocities, and he'll continue to do that. What is the okay, but he asked about specific cases in this point, and she's like, yeah, he's, he's talked to a ton of people. He's talked to a lot of people.
Okay. That's like if they were like, has, has the president talked to Vladimir Putin? And they would be like, well, he's talked to a lot of members of the Kremlin. Okay, but I'm asking about the president, Vladimir Putin. Well, he's talked to uh, people who are around uh, Putin. Okay, but has he... You see what I'm saying? She scooted the question. She didn't actually answer it. President's yes. message to the family of Brianna. I heard what you say that we grieve for them. But what is the president's message to the family of Brianna Taylor that does not believe they received justice? That our hearts go out to her. Um, it was a horrible tragedy that happened and that our hearts also so? are with the two police officers who were shot last night in the Louisville riots. Nice. 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 Um, those officers, I don't think, should be shot, and I think their condolences are well-deserved, I guess. I'm, I'm, I'm actually not too aware of the situation, so I can't say too much, but, uh, ooh, boy, uh, to say, yeah, we haven't talked to the family, uh, we're sending our condolences out to them, but also, shouts out to the police. And it's just like, you know, that's, that's like when they're like, hey, uh, do black lives matter? And they're like, yeah, but, you know, blue lives um, blue lives are a choice. I'm just gonna say that right now. Say our, you mean you mean the White House, including yes, the president? Yes, I speak on behalf of the president. Yes. His thoughts go out. I am the president's spokesperson. I speak on his behalf, well, he, Peter. In fact, one of the aides just said that the ben, president was ahead. his own spokesperson, which is why I asked. But go. So, Kaylee, yesterday when the president said, "Get rid of the ballots. There won't be a transfer. Frankly, there'll be a continuation." Which particular Hold ballots you. is he talking about wanting to get rid of, and why does he think that would help him get elected? Uh, the president wants to get rid of mass mail-out voting, um, and that's not because it. he said clearly that that could go either way. It could damage either candidate's um, chances because it's a system that's subject to fraud. In fact, in the last 24 hours, police in Greenville, Wisconsin, found mail in a ditch, and it included absentee ballots. <laughs> um, and also, I can confirm for you that Trump ballots, um, ballots for the president, were found in Pennsylvania, and I believe you should be getting more information on that shortly here in the last 24 hours they what were the found fuck does that mean what the fuck does that mean that they found trump ballots in pennsylvania did they find them in the post office did they already find them in the uh, the electoral wherever they count them what what does that mean what what we found ballots with trump's name on them what what ballots in my home state of florida begin going out today Make maybe sure i have to google it uh, let's be fair and balanced, and let's Google it. A strange Pennsylvania ballot case con case fuels concerns about the DOJ. This was reported yesterday. Interesting. The Pennsylvania Republican Party is pushing back against an explosive report earlier this week in the Atlantic that said the GOP-run legislature is already strategizing how to overturn the statewide results if Trump loses. The Atlantic quoted uh, Pennsylvania GOP Chair Lawrence Tabas, who said this scheme in which Republican legislators could appoint their own slate of electors, quote, is one of the available legal options set forth in the Constitution, and that he had mentioned it to the Trump campaign in hopes they're thinking about it. All right. That doesn't have anything specific to do with what I looked up. So the Daily Mail. Oh, yeah, buddy. Of course, the Daily Mail is the one who's got this fucking this 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 uh, thing that Kaylee's talking about. Of course, it came from the Daily Mail. Conservative, uh, damn near lying news website 
the Daily Mail. As it says here, temporary contractor threw Trump ballots in the trash. Pennsylvania officials reveal mail sorter was fired after incident the president said is proof of mail-in voting fraud. Um, sounds like a institutional problem and not the problem of uh, mail-in voting itself. It sounds like the mail sorter is to blame and not uh, mail-in voting. Nine military ballots were found discarded in Pennsylvania. Seven of them contained votes for Donald Trump. Fascinating, though, that two of them would also include votes for Joe Biden. Is that to obfuscate the idea that it was totally entirely against Donald Trump? Or is this just a story that we're going to spin in order to make mail-in voting look worse than it is? Uh, U.S. attorney for the Middle District of Pennsylvania launched an investigation. County officials say the ballots were incorrectly discarded into the trash by a temporary worker. Now, here's the thing is that your vote can be made invalid and thrown away if you sign your name wrong. If you bubble in the, the bubble section, if you do that wrong. There are certain guidelines that are written on every ballot or even given on your little uh, voter report that you get in the mail. Um, all of that has certain uh, information on it that says if you do this or if you don't do that, your ballot may be uh, counted as invalid and will be tossed out. So... Uh, we're getting, and it's only nine, it's only nine ballots. We're freaking out about nine ballots. The worker was dismissed after the error was discovered. Pennsylvania is a highly contested battleground state. Quote, we want to make sure the election is honest, and I'm not sure that it can be, Trump said of the ballots. So great. We're freaking the fuck out because one guy threw away nine ballots. And why did he throw away nine ballots? Is anybody going to tell us why he threw away nine ballots? A temporary contractor sounds like somebody who was just going to be a quick in and out job. Um, oh, look. Uh, Luzerne County Elections Bureau claimed it stemmed from an administrative error and that county officials had not known who the votes were cast for until it was disclosed by the Justice Department. This is ridiculous. What a ridiculous thing to freak out about. Uh, let's see. Discarded. The ballots were found. Yep. All right. Uh, said the worker began on September 14th, but the error was discovered two days later. Uh, immediately began an inquiry. I'm really not finding much information here. In a, uh, he said his office could confirm a small number of military ballots were discarded. Of the nine ballots, there was nine ballots. Uh, all envelopes received in the elections were, office were opened as a matter of course. It was explained to investigators the envelopes used for official overseas military absentee and mail-in ballot requests are so similar that the staff believed that adhering to the protocol of preserving envelopes unopened would cause them to miss such ballot requests. Still not seeing any information as to maybe what the motive of discarding these nine ballots was. Nine. We're, I'm still going. They were Trump ballots. Eight ballots in an office yesterday. Uh, but in a certain state, and they were. They had Trump written on it, and they were thrown in a garbage can. That is what is going to happen, Trump said in an interview. And then Trump even, they included in an in the article, Trump saying eight ballots when it was nine and only seven of them had his name on him. So he just came up with eight. <laughs> he, 
He, he just like, uh, I know it's somewhere between seven and nine, so I'm just going to say eight. This is an ongoing investigation where there is no public interest reason to override the usual policy of not commenting, and especially not to say for whom the ballots were cast. Doesn't matter, doesn't matter. Is there any motive whatsoever? No, no, this is, wow. We're freaking the fuck out over nine ballots being thrown away, and we still don't know why they were thrown away. All we know is that they were thrown away by a temporary worker. Cool fucking beans. Kaylee, wow. Request yours, fill it out, and send it in. The president has always made the distinction that absentee ballots, where you go through a process where you request a ballot um, and you mail that in, that is a system that works, but a system where you mass mail out to voter rolls, which are not kept and maintained, where in Los Angeles County, for instance, you have 120% of the county enrolled, that system is untenable, it doesn't work, it leads to what we saw in Nevada, where there were ballots languishing in trash cans and pinned to apartment boards. Okay, just and finally, uh, today, FBI Director Ray testified on the Hill that he has not seen historic any kind of coordinated national voter fraud effort in a major election, whether it's by mail or otherwise. So if the president's own FBI director... In history, mail-in voter fraud has been 0.000006%. Not even 1%. Says this isn't a problem. Why does the president keep saying it is? Well, as Attorney General Barr has said, we've never had an election where we've done mass mail-out voting like this before. So I like how um, the voter fraud is going to come from the fact that we're doing mass mail-in voting at, you know, the scale that we're doing it at now. And not necessarily that the president has been encouraging people to commit to uh, voter fraud. And then also putting the idea that voter fraud will help him. It would, because he will only accept a free and fair election. So if there happens to be a bunch of fraud going on this year, well, isn't that just convenient? I remember even there's a video of, like, Tim Pool saying, like, I don't think, like, anybody should do this, but, like, they could just walk up to a ballot box and set that bitch on fire in the inside. It's like, dude, all right, give them some more ideas. Or um, I would point you to a bipartisan study um, done by none other than Jimmy Carter, who said that these mail-in votes uh, remain the largest source of potential fraud. And he even cited an example of a 1997 Miami mayor election that resulted in 36 arrests for absentee ballot fraud. That election had to be rerun and the results were reversed. Uh it was like 23 years ago. And... It was absentee ballot fraud. Did you hear that? She said it was absentee ballot fraud. So it actually had nothing to do with mass mail-in. No, it didn't have anything to do with universal mail fraud, the example she just brought up. It actually had to do with absentee. Isn't that fucking fascinating? Uh, that is an example from 1997, but there are many others. Like let me, let me go back. Let me go back. Were reversed uh, for absentee ballot fraud. That election... Miami mayor election that resulted in 36 arrests for absentee ballot fraud. For absentee ballot fraud. Thank you. That election had to be rerun and the results were reversed. Uh, that is an example from 1997, but there are many others like Patterson. And if the roles were, if the winner was reversed, then can we also assume that the uh, person who lost might have actually been guilty of that voter fraud. Maybe they were a part of those 36 arrests. Maybe they were the ringleader of those 36 arrests. Don't know. I'm not sure of that specific case. It was 23 years ago. 
first in New Jersey, where four men were charged with voting fraud recently. Four more men were charged in California, and there's a ton of examples. I could get you an encyclopedia Do of it. fraudulent so examples. The Do it. Ballots are going out. If the president does win, will he still think it was rigged and fraudulent? I've already answered this question. Yes. Kaylee, uh, the president's niece uh, filed a lawsuit in New York State Court today alleging that the president and two of his siblings had cheated her out of millions and squeezed her out of the family business, and we were hoping to get... Uh, oh, yeah, his, his niece yeah, is suing uh, them the for fraud. The only fraud committed there was Mary Trump recording uh, one of her relatives, and uh, she's really discredited herself. Yes. <laughs> on, on TikTok? What if what if Trump's mom knew that she uh, uh, that uh, oh God that wasn't even Trump's mom that was Mary's mom wasn't it What if her mom knew she was being recorded What if she's like Hey I need to record you this this conversation because I'm writing a book because her mom could then go back and sue her I, Was it her mom or Trump's mom I think it was Mary Trump's mom. Um, oh man, I can't remember. can't remember who she talked to. <sighs> was it his mom or was it her mom? I can't remember. There was like a whole tape that came out. Oh, Trump's sister. Okay. So I think, yeah, it was her mom. So, yeah, uh, she recorded Trump's sister, who I assume is also her mom. But maybe she knew, because uh, otherwise she could sue Mary Trump for recording her. So We know that the CFIUS negotiations are continuing. Can you say, has the president been briefed in the last couple days about how the CFIUS negotiations are going? Do you know when those negotiations will end? Yeah, not that I, I'm not aware of the brief his briefing schedule with regard to TikTok, but what I can say is what the president has said, which is that any deal has to be 100% as far as national security is concerned. And I'd refer you uh, to his comments as well as of those uh, from the Department of Treasury for any further specifics. I'd refer you there. Yes, Jeff. Uh, thank you, Kaylee. The president suggested yesterday that he might overrule stricter standards at the FDA on the coronavirus vaccine. Why would the president not want strict standards for a vaccine on the coronavirus? 
Well, the FDA uh, does have strict standards. They are uh, the gold standard with regard to vaccines. Uh, the president was referring to the normal interagency process that happens uh, with guidance, and that includes running through um, the Office of Management and Budget. So that's standard operating procedure. And I would also point out, I spoke to Dr. Hahn this morning, um, and Dr. Hahn said that the guidance issued um, was a follow-up to June 30th guidance that they put out, and it was um, guidance, it was guidance that they gave uh, to pharmaceutical companies to provide them with more regulatory clarity. Yes. Uh, the White House is describing this health care event today as a chance for the president to outline his vision. Is that something less than his plan? And uh, just a, a second part of that, does the White House think that it can address the country's challenges with health care solely through executive action? So um, the president will be laying out um, his health care vision today. I don't want to get ahead of exactly what that will look like. There will be um, some tangible actions taken um, as well. Uh, well, he did come out with some, I do remember also reading about this, that he, again, with his executive order, covered uh, pre-existing conditions, although it's already a part of the Affordable Care Act. And then there was a couple of other things that he attached on there that were pretty useless. Uh, one was the pre-existing, and I think one was the veterans. Yeah. Uh, we have um, protecting people with pre-existing conditions. Um, he's using a lawsuit to overturn Obamacare. So without actually putting anything forward to replace Obamacare, he's using executive orders to have insurance companies cover pre-existing conditions. Uh, the thing about that, executive orders are much easier to overturn than, say, uh, legislation passed. Um see what else there was something else that it also covered um oh and the, the, something that the hill said here is that the policy of the government is something that does not have the force of law on its own side so i mean trump can't really force uh insurance companies to do that only only through like word to mouth really um so and there's just no legal standing of like well what if they don't um what happens then um let's see if the supreme court does strike down the health law thanks hmm. uh there was something else that it also had in there but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's him just kind of symbolically saying like um, I cover your pre-existing conditions so that I can take away Obamacare because that's the only reason why people apparently care about Obamacare now. Um, which does not have uh, preventing unexpected medical bills, reducing prescription drug prices, and protecting patients with pre-existing medical conditions. Um. Yeah, so everything that actually the Obama Affordable Care Act does, he tried to do with a uh, executive order. But with the executive order, there's no consequences for companies not doing this. It's almost as if he's saying, this is what I want them to do, but there's no consequences if they don't. So that's what we need to acknowledge here.
well as the president really laying out, which I something that I think has been overlooked, the real contrast between what Obamacare gave us between 2013 and 2017 and what the president has delivered. Um, and, and I think we have a graphic to that effect. I'm not, I'm not sure if they were able to put it together in time. Um, but with Obamacare, it is a fact that from 2013 to 2017, premiums in this country went up. In fact, they went up by 105% on the individual market. Um, yeah, but that's not a necessarily fault of Obamacare. That's just the that's that's insurance companies just deciding their prices. Because I would like to see how Trump's actually going to lower those premiums and that executive order is going to actually do absolutely nothing uh, in that case either. As a result, when President Trump took office in 2017, average individual market health insurance premiums in states using healthcare.gov had already doubled when compared to 2013. The year before Obama's main regulations took effect, average premiums went up by another 26% in 2018. Fascinating. CMS.gov here, Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, uh, has an article called Thank Obamacare for the Rise of the Uninsured. Um, let's see. But as a result, so while Obamacare promised affordable health insurance for every American and even penalized those who refused to buy it, the law did nothing to control underlying costs. The very structure of the law, which imposed billions of dollars in new costly regulations, also led to higher and higher insurance premiums. Yeah, so, I mean, Obamacare was never really perfect, but it did ensure that everybody was uh, a part of an insurance. I kind of saw it as almost a mandate to force people to uh, pay for health insurance, whether they wanted it or not, because the, the individual mandate was in order to, uh, for the moment, subsidize uh, the Obamacare signups for those people at the time. So, uh, yeah, it's not a perfect bill. It was at least Obama trying to do something. And the only reason why it passed is because it benefited insurance companies. I think we have a lot to do with healthcare in this country, beginning with Medicare for all. That's why I think it's funny every time Joe Biden tweets, uh, healthcare is a human right. And then is just constantly doing the Pete Buttigieg thing where it's like for those who want it, uh, Medicare is a right for those who want it. Uh, yeah, but that doesn't make it a, okay, whatever. And you contrast that with President Trump, what he's managed to do um, by rolling back a lot of Obamacare. And we've seen premiums on the individual market go down. Um, same for Medicare Part D and Medicare Advantage, the polar opposite of what happened with Obamacare, where those premiums went up. So premiums have come down under this president. Drug prices have come no, down under President Obama. Drug prices were up 15%. No, they haven't. Uh, even that CMS acknowledged that by 2017, when Trump took office, premiums went up. And then also they went up again, I think, like another 26% in 2018. So, so far, yeah, there's just actually been no decrease whatsoever.
percent. Um, under President Trump, they came down for the first time in 50 years. Um, and then finally, under what? Obamacare, you had choice what? that went. So if they're, yeah, but if they're constantly increasing for the past 50 years and then one year they decide to mark it down, then that's not really something to brag about because we've already, say, over the past 50 years, we've increased it by $100. And then for one year, we bring it down by 50. That's 50 years of $100 increase and one year of $50 decrease. So that's like 50, that's $5,000 by that 50-year increase. And then we drop it $50. And we said, see, first de first decrease in 50 years. Yeah, but not by much went down. One third of counties had only one insurer in the individual market. Um, and with President Trump, there are new affordable options like AHPs, STLDIs and HRAs, uh, healthcare reimbursement arrangements, um, as well as employers. She named one of those acronyms. Sponsored insurance um, that has gone up. We've seen an increase of 1.5 million in 2019. So these principles um, have undergirded the Trump presidency, and he will use many of the same uh, principles going forward. And you'll get his comprehensive health care vision that will include some action items um, here in short order. Is this the extent of the plan, or is there more after this? This is going to be his full vision uh, that he has been talking about over the last few weeks, um, and it'll be in Charlotte, North Carolina uh, today. Yes. Thanks so much, Kaylee. I wanted to ask about the Supreme Court. My favorite thing is that they were talking about health care, and then she's like, he'll elaborate more at his rally, where a bunch of people probably won't be wearing masks or social distancing, increasing the uh, amount of people going to need health care services. So I find that fascinating. That was, a, that was a very nice pivot. Very, very great way to loop that around. Uh, considerations. Um, has the president met with all the top candidates uh, that are under consideration? Are there any others? Who else is he? Are there any others that he still plans to meet with? Judge Lagoa, for example, does he still plan to meet with Judge Lagoa? So I'm not going to get into the president's private meetings with these candidates. He's noted that there are five he's considering. They all fall in the same mold as textualists, originalists, constitution abiding judges. On another note, today at the Supreme Court, uh, when the president approached, uh, you know, was was paying his respects to Justice Ginsburg, there were some people in the crowd that started to chant uh, to uh, respect her wishes, to uphold her wishes. Um, do you have some thoughts on those chants, which also, you know, included vote him out? Yeah, I think the, the chants were appalling, but certainly to be expected when you're in the heart of the swamp. I travel with the president all across the country. When, when you're in the heart of the swamp, or is it when you are the heart of the swamp? Pennsylvania, North Carolina, Florida, Nevada, and everywhere we go, uh, the streets are lined with support, um, like I don't think any other president has had previously. Um, but with Do you remember Inauguration Day? There was a very small crowd that went to go congratulate the president, but then... All around the country, there were crowds that were just not having it. Um, since the beginning of this presidency, there has been protests against this presidency. And it's going to continue as he remains president. So to think that's part of the swamp, the radicals, it's just, I can't imagine how much more of a dictator he really could be unless 
the Senate somehow granted him supreme power. And that's what really scares me, is that if somehow the Republicans can get the House, it is going to be an incredibly dark year if Republicans have the House and the Senate. It's going to be a very dark time. Because I could imagine them trying to get him as much authoritarian power as they could. With regard to precedent, as I've noted before, 29 times has an appointment uh, been made in an election year, um, 29 times, and that was all 29 times um, when there was a vacancy uh, at hand. So the precedent is very much on our side here. And I would also note the hypocrisy of Democrats, Joe Biden saying, I would go forward with the confirmation process as chairman, even a few months before an election. Uh, Barack Obama saying, fill the Supreme Court vacancy when it was his tenure and you had Kamala Harris saying as well uh, that Senate GOP is holding SCOTUS hostage for political. Yeah, so they did it. You know, they're both hypocrites. I'm willing to. I'm willing to concede that is that both the GOP and the DNC, all hypocrites. All they want to do is get their party's agenda done. They don't give two fucks about the Americans. They don't give two fucks about citizens. They don't give two fucks about immigrants. They don't give two fucks about nobody but nothing, unless it is the party. That's all they care about is the party agenda because the party serves the corporate interests and the corporate interests are apparently the nation's interests so those all put together is why we're getting fucked by a giant fist at this point um the fist of hypocrisy and why both sides are able to sit there and and uh blame each other for being pieces of shit when we should know that they are both pieces of shit um and that we should start getting more diverse uh selections in our elections uh, because choosing a two-party system is as close to dogmatic as you can get in a democracy. So, gain. Join me in calling them to consider uh, President Obama's nominee. So they've really flipped here because the president is on our side and their hypocrisy is on full display. Both both sides did it. Both sides flipped because the because the the president is different than the president was before in 2016 we had a democrat president the democrats are saying shove the nomination through and the senate said no we're going to wait and now that we have a republican it's the same thing but just flipped around yes um, the former number two of the joint chiefs of staff paul selva who served under president trump he and 500 other national security and military leaders they endorsed joe biden today do you guys have a comment on that given that it doesn't seem like Jim Mattis and Joe Dunford, who also served under the president, are rushing to support in this election. Yeah, I think I think it's pretty important that a bunch of military leaders and influencers, I guess influential people in the military, are against the current commander in chief and said that they want a new one. I think that's very fascinating. And I don't think it's just because of what Trump has said about troops, like the suckers and the losers thing. I think it might actually have to do a lot with his like geopolitical strategizing and his foreign policies. Uh, yep. The president's record speaks for itself. Our military men and women, our veterans, love this president for a very distinct reason. Um, under Obama-Biden, sequestration really gutted our military. You had the Navy at its smallest point ever, um, and the other military branches were absolutely gutted. Then you had President Trump who came in and secured a record amount of funding for our military and our Department of Defense and built up our military. Um, when it comes to veterans, the appalling uh, way that our veterans were treated 
executed at the VA under Obama-Biden. There was an IG report that as many as three... The Military Times reports as of August 31st, 31st 2020 trump's popularity slips in latest military times poll and more troops say they'll vote for biden god i hate pop-ups and it just hits me with like two um let's see here can we get some numbers in the latest results based on 1000 18 active duty troops surveyed in late July and early August. Nearly half of respondents had an unfavorable view of the president compared to 38% who had a favorable view. Questions in the poll had a margin of error up to 2%. Among all survey participants, 42% said they strongly disapprove of Trump's time in office. And then it shows us here that uh, Joe Biden is leading... Trump by 41% in the military. Donald Trump has a 37% support in the military. And then third-party candidates have a 12%. Joe Biden is leading. So apparently in, the, in a poll conducted at the start of Trump's presidency, he had 46% of troops had a favorable view of him. So it completely flipped by the time it was time for election. So, I like how she doesn't have any statistics. She just says that the troops support him. 300,000 veterans, think about that. 300,000 veterans could have died waiting for care. This president came in, put in the VA Missions Act, secured real choice and options for our veterans. Um, and that's the reason that the military and our veterans love this president. But why is Selva endorsing uh, I can't speak to one person's reasoning, but uh, this president, when you look at what he's done, um, bringing our troops home and all he's done in aggregate, uh, the rank and file in this military love this president. Yes. Thanks, Kaylee. Uh, two quick follow-ups on what's been discussed earlier. Does the president still have confidence in the FDA commissioner based on his comments yesterday? Um, there are no changes. Dr. Hahn is FDA commissioner, so yes. And then to follow up, you said that you thought the chance outside the Supreme Court this morning were appalling. Uh, is there any issue with people peaceably demonstrating and chanting at the president? No, of course. Everyone has a First Amendment in this country, but I thought it was an appalling and disrespectful thing to do as the president honored Justice Ginsburg. Yes. Uh, what was the emergency call the president left yesterday's briefing to take? Um, the, I'm not going to get into a readout of the president's calls, but he regularly takes very important phone calls. Yes. Thank you, Kaylee. Um, what is the likelihood that Sudan will be the next country to recognize Israel? And are there any new developments that you're expecting after the Emirates in Bahrain recognized Israel? So the president has noted that there are several other countries that want to make agreements of this sort. Um, I won't confirm exactly which country will be next, but rest assured the world has looked at what this president did. Historic agreements between the UAE uh, and Israel and Bahrain. And do you see deals that, like you haven't seen in a quarter of a century? It was 26 years um, it, between the second uh, and the third deal in just 29 days between the third and the fourth. This president's the only president to have um, overseen the normalization of relations um, between Israel and two Middle East countries. Um, to have two on his watch is a really big deal. And no wonder. I think it's fascinating saying normalizing, and they also use the rhetoric that it was like a peace deal. Um, it's a legitimizing deal. It's 
uh, taking Israel to the world stage and legitimizing their presence. Um, not necessarily any kind of peace or anything like that because we're still going to be, they're still going to be fighting. Uh, you know, what is, what is it? Uh, covert wars when they use pawns rather than their own troops. Um, oh man, I can't remember what that word's used for. Like when we pay, uh, the Taliban to fight off Houthi or something like that, it's a proxy, proxy wars. Um, it's really the UAE, I think is entirely against Iran as well as alongside Israel. So it's just a like, uh, coalition in the Middle East that is anti Iran and probably Syria. Uh, so that's just interesting. Uh, two Nobel Peace Prize nominations as well. Yes, Louis. Yeah, thank you. Uh, what's the status of... God? And I like how because he was nominated in 2018 and nominated again in 2020 that he was nominated for two. Don't forget two peace Nobel Peace Prizes, which he will win zero. He will win zero of them. Virus vaccination this year. Do you expect this to be available before Christmas? Uh, we do expect to have a vaccine by the end of the year. Uh, that has always been the goal, and we are still on track for that. Um, it's From who? very important uh, that what the president has done with regard to commercial. Because there's multiple uh, companies working on this vaccine, and we're also trying to buy. Uh, the vaccines from foreign nations if they are to complete theirs before us and rather than the whole world working together to have a vaccine we're all splitting in to see who can profit off of the vaccine um, and she's making the promise that it can be done by the end of the year as a way to be like when Trump says that if he's not voted back in then the Great Depression will will commence um, that's I feel like that's just you have to note that that she's basically promising in a vaccine at the end of the year to make it sound like that's only if Trump wins in November and then by December we'll have one, which we won't either. Whoever wins this election, I doubt we will have one this year or next or I mean, by the end of this year, I doubt we will have one no matter who becomes president. Commercial um, level manufacturing, as uh, Dr. Salawi told me, the fact that you have scaled up to manufacture these vaccines in advance um, is a, a something that this president has done because he's a businessman and thinks through um, exactly uh, how to get a safe and effective vaccine delivered at record speed. And part of that has entailed manufacturing in advance. Um, and to do this, it normally takes years to scale up to commercial level production, but this president has done it in just a few short months. And um, if we have this vaccine by the end of the year, it will be the fastest pace for a vaccine for a novel pathogen in history. Yes. Thank you, Kaylee. I wanted to go back to mail-in voting for just a bit. Right now, five states conduct elections entirely by mail-in prior to the pandemic with no cases or no major cases of fraud. Does that success not give the president's confidence in mail-in voting? So those states have um, had time and a history of doing a, a, a having a workable system oh um, and one that has been done for many years for many election cycles to move the entire country to map so he's asking if the fact that these five states have had the ability to do it no problem and whether or not that gives the president confidence 
All she really had to answer is whether or not those five states give the president confidence. And she, she, she could easily say, well, they've had the infrastructure for a while now. So, yes, the, the president feels confident in their voting. But she can't because they have to keep the imbalance just in case he loses. Just in case it is... F- just in case it is bad for the president. She can't just answer it forwardly. So, and instead of, like, every state trying to replicate this model, which is, you know, seems to be down-packed, we've had a history of doing it, right? In these five states, these five states know what they're doing. So then why can't every state just just do the same thing that all the other states do? It's not like we have to have specific infrastructures that are beyond having the USPS able to receive all of these votes and sort them out and then also have the same kind of electorate like uh, bodies there to uh, uh, count the votes. So if five states can do it, why can't other states repeat the model? What do these five states have that the other states don't? And apparently it's just history of doing it before. But if you just re- if you just repeat the model, it's the same thing. And it's not like it's something drastic that we have to build. Mass mail-in voting all at once and have an entirely uh, new system and, and do that in just a few short months is an untenable and an unworkable proposition. It's not an entirely new system if you have five states that have models you can copy. So... I mean, one that has shown uh, to not work well at all, especially when you look at the disenfranchisement, which I think is is really uh, troubling when it comes to mass mail and voting. Um, in 2016, you had 1% of ballots thrown out, absentee ballots, that amounted to 319,000 votes thrown out. And if you have the entirety of the country voting by mail, uh, you can imagine that number would be many folds higher than that. And But she's not going to go into why those ballots were invalidated, and I already did earlier. It's because you can mark your ballots wrong and they will throw them out because you did a bubble wrong, because you wrote the address wrong, because they couldn't read your signature, or because they couldn't read your name. There's a lot of reasons why they will throw those ballots out. So what's more important is to make sure that everybody has their ballots filled out correctly. Rather than taking the time to make sure that everybody has the opportunity to vote, The president and his administration just constantly keep saying how it's impossible. It's impossible for us to have a free and fair election with mass mail-in voting. They just keep repeating it rather than being like, okay, here's what we can do to fix and alleviate every situation. We're going to repeat the model of all these five states and we're going to make sure that everybody's vote is counted and everybody does what they need to do to make sure that their votes will not be invalidated once they are received. But no, that is not what they're doing. That is, they are completely trying to undermine and delegitimize our democracy, which is just going to lead us down a hellhole of, of dark, terrible shit. I hate it. I don't like it. And I feel toxic thinking about it. But that's what we do here on Tox News. We, 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 we take that toxicity, we shove it up our noses like the president and Adderall, and then we just spew it out with truth, honesty, and love. You look just in the primary where you've seen states try to move to this mass mail-in system. Uh, There were 100,000 ballots rejected in California and New York City. Um, One in five mail-in ballots were rejected. Um, And as a former deal... And so you have to explain why and then try to get your citizens to not repeat the same mistakes. That's it.
OJ voting rights officials said um, it's nuts. That is just way too high when one in five voters, because of mass mail-in voting, um, have their ballots thrown out. Yes. Chanel. Thank you, Kaylee. Uh, yesterday, the Senate released an 87-page report on Hunter Biden and Joe Biden's dealings across the board with Ukraine and with Russia. Um, specifically, it showed Hunter Biden supporting Russian prostitution, human trafficking, and receiving $3.5 million from Moscow. Question to you is, does the White House have any intention of helping the DOJ should an investigation be opened up on the Bidens? And number two, do you have a response to Rudy Giuliani yesterday telling us that um, this should immediately disqualify Joe Biden from his candidacy? Yeah, those were, that was a very troubling report. You know, I'll leave it to the DOJ as to how they move forward. Who asked that question? Um, but I mean, I think this New York Post cover uh, says oh. it. <laughs> Yes, the New York Post, known for their authenticity, being the most genuine. God damn it. Hunter, it says right here in one of the bulletins, Hunter spending linked to prostitutes or human trafficking. We have no idea. <laughs> Hold on. Who asked that question? Let me go back. And number two, have any intent $5 million Hunter Biden across the board if you can't release an 87 Chanel. Space, though, right? Thank Andy. you, Kaylee. Uh Chanel Rion. O-A-N. Whoa, One American News Network. I had a guess that it was a reporter for OAN. And guess what? It was, because that's obvious what we're going to focus on, rather than the myriad of issues that happen underneath this president. We are going to call upon OAN to bring up a story that even Rand Paul says that there may not be enough evidence for most of this shit yet. But we should, Rand Paul wants to continue on, on on investigating maybe possible criminal charges against Hunter Biden and Joe Biden for their Ukraine, Russia, whatever the fuck is going on now. Um, there Again, it's just like the same idea of Trump basically saying that the Obama administration spied on his campaign illegally and that the whole uh, Russiagate thing is a hoax. All of that is to obfuscate and make the Democrats look like criminals, the swamp the swamp monsters, and to just move any wrongdoing away from the president and putting the conversation on his political opponents. And when you want to do that, if you are the press secretary, you want to call on OAN. I knew it. I fucking knew it. Like, as soon as I heard that question, I was like, hold on. Who's asking that? And so let's, uh, it was Chanel Rion, R-I-O-N. Uh, from OAN. All I had to do was type in Chanel White House correspondent and it brought her up. Now, let's get on to New York Post. Let's do some fact checking because we're close to the end of the video. New York Post, Hunter Biden, you Durgan. Uh, Senate report links Hunter Biden to traffic ring. Ew. And let's also remember that Trump had a whole page dedicated to his visits to Je uh, Jeffrey Epstein's uh, Virgin Island, St. Jeffrey. So let's uh, let's just keep that in mind. You know, they were pretty close. He went to the island many times, as did Bill Clinton. 
All right. Uh, let's see here. Hunter Biden allegedly sent thousands of dollars to people to to people who appear to be involved in se- in in the sex industry, according to Wednesday's report released by Senate Republicans. Um, let's see. The report claims unspecified records show that Biden, quote, has sent funds to non-resident alien women in the United States who are citizens of Russia and Ukraine and who have subsequently wired funds they have received from Hunter Biden to individuals located in Russia and Ukraine. So apparently Hunter Biden is sending money to, uh, people in the United States, uh, that are citizens of Russia, who then send the money from Hunter Biden to individuals that are in Russia and Ukraine. While none of this is sorted, or, or not sorted, none of this is sourced, so there's nothing I can click on that actually provides any evidence. Uh, quote, the records also note that some of these transactions are linked to what appears to be an Eastern European prostitution or human trafficking ring. What? There's, there's like, we don't get provided any of these records. So we're just saying that there's records that say these things. Uh, the, the article continues, the allegations are contained in a footnote to a section of the report that details potential criminal concerns and extortion threats involving Hunter Biden and other members of the Biden family. The report also cites, quote, extensive public reporting concerning Hunter Biden's alleged involvement with prostitution services. Guess what? I don't give two fucks who fucks prostitutes. I honestly think prostitution should be legal. But if Hunter Biden fucked prostitutes in a place where it's legal to fuck prostitutes, guess what? You might find that as a moral failing, but that doesn't give two fucks about what what's legal. <laughs> Quote, however, they do... Co- oh, wait. Uh, records on file with the committees do not directly confirm or refute these individual reports. So, <laughs> we cannot confirm or deny any of these allegations, but let's just fucking put them out there. Fuck it. Uh, the article continues, however, they do confirm that Hunter Biden sent thousands of dollars to individuals who have either, either, either been involved in transactions consistent with possible human trafficking, maybe, quote, number two, in association with the adult entertainment industry. Okay. Uh, legal. That's legal. Say he was a producer of some porn films? Legal. I don't give a fuck what your morals say about it. It's legal. Uh, number three, potential association with prostitution. Uh, say he's in a place where prostitution is legal. Guess what? I don't give a fuck what your morals say about it. I don't, I don't care. I think, uh, sex workers should be able to work and should have to pay taxes based on their, uh, their work. And I think, uh, they should be respected more. And I think the porn industry should get better standards for how they treat their workers. I think prostitutes should be able to unionize and no longer have to be handed by pimps. All right. So there's a lot of work that we could do with uh, uh, sex work in general, but they're trying to demoralize Hunter Biden in order for more evangelical Christians and people who are moralistically high, highly virtuous to, di- uh, to distance themselves from the Biden family. Um, and so far, we don't have any truth to any of this. So let's... Let's see here. Last year, the Post exclusively revealed that a woman who was suing Biden for paternity in Arkansas was a former stripper at a Washington, D.C. club that he frequented around the time he was dating the widow of his late brother, former Delaware Attorney General Beau Biden. He may not be a morally uh, 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 comprehensive person. He may not be that moral, right? He might be uh, dating his the widow of his late brother, which some people would find reprehensible. But for the most part, not, not illegal. 
what are we talking about here? We're just we're just destroying his character. That's it. In January, Arkansas Circuit Judge Holly Meyer ruled Biden was the biological and legal father of the baby born to London Al Alexis Roberts in August 2018. Cool. What does that have to do with the allegations that you had at the top of this article? Nothing? Cool. Moving on. Uh, DNA tests. Nope. Roberts filed her suit in May 2019, the same month that Biden married his second wife, Melissa Cohen Biden, just six days after they started dating. I don't care. I don't care. Melissa gave birth to their son in March. Page six was the first to reveal. I don't care. Biden also has three daughters who are in their late teens and 20s from his first marriage. I don't care. Neither Hunter Biden's lawyer nor his dad's campaign responded to requests for comment, although a campaign spokesman earlier accused Senate Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs Committee Chairman Ron Johnson, whose staffers helped prepare the report of Diverting attention from the President Trump's catastroph uh, catastrophically botched handling of the COVID-19 pandemic. Did I not say when we brought this up that all they are doing is trying to obfuscate any problem with the Trump presidency to make Biden look like he's corrupted, that his family is morally corrupted. But as far as I can tell, nothing illegal was done. Absolutely nothing illegal has been done so far. They just keep bringing up Hunter Biden the same way that they bring up Nancy Pelosi and AOC. Why? Because fuck them. That's why they're belo they belong to the left. Fuck them. They're disgusting. They're gross. That's it. It has absolutely nothing to do with any illegality. I anything that is actually worthy of investigation. Holy shit. Whoo. I'm glad that's what we're closing out on. Uh, yesterday, the Senate released an 87-page report on Hunter Biden and Joe Biden's dealings across the board of Ukraine and with Russia. Um, specifically, it showed Hunter Biden supporting Russian prostitution, human trafficking, receiving $3.5 million from Moscow. Question to you is, does the White House have any intention of helping the DOJ should an investigation be opened up on the Bidens? And number two, do you have a response to Rudy Giuliani yesterday telling us that um, this should immediately disqualify Joe Biden from his candidacy? Yeah, those were, that was a very troubling report. You know, I'll leave it to the DOJ as to how they move forward. Um, but I mean, I think this New York Post cover uh, says it all. You know, I heard so much about Russia collusion, uh, but it appears the only uh, collusion going on was between Hunter Biden as he accepted $3.5 million uh, from the wife um, of the Moscow mayor. Very troubling indeed. And in addition to that, All right, now we got to look that up. Biden received 3.5 million from Moscow mayor wife. Clickety click click click. The Federalist good. Good. This is this is definitely nice. Uh good. Um, another news website I have never heard of what's new today. The only one I have heard of is the Federalist and the Federalist is completely partisan. Oh my God. I'm going to click it anyways. Cause here we fucking go. This is what conservatives believe. Uh, no sources here. All right. So a new Senate report on Wednesday shows former vice president. Oh, pardon me. Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden accepted $3.5 million from the wife of a fired mayor of Moscow in 2014. 
According to the joint report released by the Senate Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs Committee with the Senate Finance Committee, uh, Rosemont Seneca, an investment firm co-founded by Hunter Biden, received three point... Oh my fucking God! An investment firm co-founded by Hunter Biden received a 3.5 million wire transfer from Elena Baturina in 2014 while his father, Joe Biden, was vice president. The firm was also co-founded with former Secretary of State John Kerry's stepson, Christopher Hines, which received the money while Kerry was serving as the head of the state. All right. Guess what we have to do now? We, are, we have to go to Hunter Biden's fucking Wikipedia. Whew, this is bad. This is, uh, this is, wow. Yeah, he has been the subject of debunked right-wing conspiracy theories. <laughs> yes, yes, he has. Um, let's see here. Let's see here. Let's see here. Let's see. Um, in 2009, Biden... De uh, Hunter Biden, Devin Archer, and Christopher Hines founded the investment advisory firm Rosemont Seneca. He also founded Eudora Global, a venture capital firm. He held the position of counsel. Um, wow. Um, there's a lot of uh, links to the Rosemont Seneca partners. Um, so I think singling out Hunter Biden and all of this. So I'm going to read off this section here because all of these people are involved with Rosemont Seneca partners. So before we even get to the reason why uh, the former mayor's wife sent that money over, we should find out what this company is. And here it is. In 2013, Rosemont Seneca Partners, an investment firm in which Biden is a founding partner, so he's not the only founder, along with U.S.-based Thornton Group LLC, so that's a lot of people involved, and two asset managers registered in China, established BHR Partners, a private equity fund. Uh, the Chinese registered asset managers are BOC International Holdings-backed Bohai Inter... Industrial Investment Fund Management, and Deutsche Bank-backed Harvest Fund Manager. The PE Fund invests Chinese capital in venture capital investments in tech startups like an early-stage investment in Didi, D-I-D-I, a Chinese car-hailing app, and cross-border acquisitions in automotive mining like the purchase of stake in Tenki uh, Fungurum Mining, a copper and cobalt producer in the Democratic Republic of Congo. That's a lot. That's a lot. So uh, they're, again, singling out Biden, even though these are massive uh, organizations doing this. It, 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 it's, it's phenomenal. This is just, it's just so phenomenal. Now, what I really want to find out, though, is when, if at all, he is still a partner of Rosemont Seneca. They changed their name, Seneca Partners. Uh, 
don't see Hunter Biden being a part of Seneca partners. So let's go back. Is he still a part of? It says he's managing partner, so he's still a part of it. Um, but yeah, this it's to single out just Joe Biden as if the wife sent the money directly to him is the way that they're reporting it. Not the Federalist. The Federalist kind of... All right, so Hunter Biden took $3.5 million from ex-Moscow mayor's wife. The headline is misleading because when you actually read the report, the wife sent it to a whole-ass equity firm that he co-founded with three other people, which are also involved with other equity firms. That's what the Wikipedia page confirmed for me. You have several people a part of this. basically making the BHR partners. So it's a whole partner group that have been interacting uh, with uh, uh, several countries around the world uh, to make money. It's a, it's a venture capitalist investment firm. That's all it is. Um, so in 2014, uh, the firm was... Uh, and then they also single out, single out John Kerry's stepson. They don't say anything about David Archer or Devin Archer, right? Uh, I think it's Devin Archer. Yeah, Devin Archer. They don't mention Devin Archer because he has no, uh, probably no connections to uh, Democrats. Um, uh, Baturina used to be married to Moscow Mayor Yuri Luskov, who was fired in 2010 by then Russian President Dmitry Medvedev over allegations of corruption benefiting Baturina's enterprises. Luskov. Uh, used his position as mayor to approve over 20 real estate projects that were built by a Baturina-owned construction company and ultimately generated multi-billion ruble profits for his family, Senate investigators wrote. Um, so yeah, they, they bring up that allegation, but the money was given to the company, and they don't specify why $3.5 million were given to the company. Instead, they move on to other items in the Senate's long-anticipated report detailing the Biden family's conflicts of interest include accusations that Hunter Biden paid Eastern European hookers who might have been trafficked. So we're going to continue on with the idea that human trafficking is a serious problem, and it is, but it's only convenient to talk about politically right now because QAnon is moving hard and fast. Um... So we have a Senate report, and I click that because I want to find out more information here. Uh, it says, an earth-shattering report released by Senate investigators Wednesday outlining the Biden's family long list of conflicts of interest at the upper echelons of government unearthed new allegations of former Vice President Joe Biden's son making multiple payments to Eastern European prostitutes. Now, in Amsterdam, if I am not mistaken, prostitution is legal. So if he was actually a part of a legal transaction, then what the fuck are we talking about? Something that conservatives and people who are mostly traditional in their morals are against, but is not actually any act of illegality. But they want to add on here and they want to tack it on there that it was organized prostitution and or human trafficking. It's all just to defame his character in order to attack his father. 
Now, if we do later find out that he uh, participates in human trafficking, I'm willing to redact a lot of these statements and say Hunter Biden is a uh, definitively bad person. But so far, I'm just getting right-wing people telling me that he's a bad person because he may or may not have participated in human trafficking. Maybe, maybe not. But if these were just regular prostitutes trying to earn rent money, then I don't give two fucks. And nobody should. Because what somebody does privately in their sex life, as long as it is legal and consensual, nobody should give a shit about. Because nobody was harmed. That Ukraine money as well. Um, and it's good that the Senate looked into that. Um, but finally, I would like to note the situation in Louisville, Kentucky last night. There were reports of vandalism. Uh, there were nearly 100 arrests. And the Trump administration urges calm and reminds those who wish to have their voices heard uh, to do so peacefully. You have a right to peaceful protest, as outlined in the First Amendment. Um, and the Attorney General Daniel Cameron said if we simply act on a motion or outrage there is no justice mob justice is not justice justice sought by violence is not justice it just becomes revenge and you contrast his message with that of cnn's brianna keeler who said i question the judgment of the kentucky attorney general saying that mob justice is not justice we know that this is very loaded language that's an appalling statement um, from brianna keeler at cnn and what is outrageous about this take is that mob justice is not justice hours later after this comment was made on cnn two police officers were shot this is not justice this has nothing to do with politics it has everything to do with the value of human life and the safety and security of our american cities and across the country uh, we've seen our police officers come under fire in the line of duty in los angeles there was an ambush attempt on two police officers in phoenix a u.s marshal was I just want to acknowledge that we don't know any of these police shootings actually being connected to BLM. We have no idea. We don't even know if they're actually connected to uh, any of the defund the police or the anti-police rhetoric that seems to be going around right now. There has been cop shootings in the past and to kind of uh, to um, move them under the label of acts by BLM or by activists is just that more of that danger that is going to prime right-wing militias to think that they need to kill people in order to protect the police and to protect their nation. Um, it's dangerous rhetoric, and it's very irresponsible for the press secretary to um, take these acts and um, put them underneath the BLM banner as if they were committed by the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, these were individual attacks as far as I understand it. These were individuals who made their choices and should not uh, be uh, a part of... The, the, the punishment should not then stretch across and attack everybody who says defund the police or Black Lives Matter. It's very irresponsible for any influential person to say otherwise. It puts American lives at risk was ambushed and shot outside a federal courthouse in Linwood, California. A suspect appro approached a patrol car and fired a handgun into the passenger side window. And in Suffolk, Virginia, a, su a suspect opened fired on a marked police car hitting the vehicle three times. Uh, our police officers deserve our respect and the violence that is being committed towards them. And this was just in the last week and a half. I just want to say that like respect is a two way street. Um, to, res to respect somebody just because they are given authority by the state uh, gives the state, the state way too much power.
Um, it allows what we've seen to continue, which is qualified immunity, um, because we respect our police officers so much that they can actually do no wrong. This is this is a dangerous way to go about it, and I can't agree with Kaylee right here. Um, I don't think cops should be ambushed and shot. It is not the way to um, address the grievances, uh, such as defund the police or even abolishing the police. This is not any way we should handle it. Um, but I... I think these are more individual cases, that these are individuals acting outside of their own will, just as uh, Christopher Dorn had done. So um, I'm going to make sure I got his name right. Christopher Dorn acted on his own volition, and I think these other individuals had done the same. But to Kaylee's credit, she wants to equate these to the movements that are going on outside. Oh, Christopher Dorner. I apologize. Christopher Dorner was acting in his own volition because he believed what he believed that he needed to do was necessary. I don't agree with what he did. I, I, I don't agree. I don't think violence solves anything. Um, but by taking the violence that has happened and then moving it underneath a certain banner, such as Democrats, leftists, BLM, all of that. It's as if I was to say that all violence against Iraq is simply done by Republicans and conservatives, you know, or all the police killings are uh, done by the conservatives and the Republicans. It's dangerous rhetoric that divides the country further and primes them to kill each other. This is very dangerous and irresponsible, and I do not condone this kind of speech. Uh, is outrageous, and the words of, of CNN and of Brianna Keeler are outrageous, irresponsible, uh, and we should never hear statements like that, followed by hours later, two police officers being shot. Haley, what does the president believe the protest? And that was it. And that was it. Um, I kind of agree that we shouldn't uh, say police deserve that, or this is what you get. Um, it's unfortunate that all of the protests against police brutality are answered with more police brutality. It's not going to build respect from the police. Um, I think the better route for them was to quit their jobs and allow for a new system to be built in the name of racial justice, but for them to dig their heels in and say, no, we're not going to change anything because there is no need for racial justice. That just continues to divide the nation and is you know, taking us down a deeper, darker abyss. Um, and I hope we can finally someday meet some middle ground after this terrible president leaves office, if, if that is ever to come. But everybody seems to be sold on the idea that America is the fall in Rome heading towards civil war. And I can't necessarily disagree with it because conservatives are almost trying to make sure that that happens. So I think anybody who is conservative needs to stay aware that they are potentially joining a death cult that is leading this nation down to a like burning itself alive in order for some kind of fucked up neo-fascist phoenix to rise from the ashes um but you know we're we're just going to have to see as things evolve and you know you can do that here on Talks News with me um i hope that was informative i hope that it helps you question things i hope it wasn't too outrageous but i hope you join me again for more talks news where we talk news and it's the only source where you can find stress running the world and that is brought to you by uh rap ferrera 
his song here, Stress Runs the World. Um, please check out JPEG Mafia's music. Please check out Rap Friera's music. And I will be back again with more podcasts, more music, and more talks. Thank you, and good night. Stress runs the world. Heckling, licking lips, not a slope but a quip. Hope on the hip, note my drip, hold my grip, no pattern, rub the lantern, higher stakes, wrote it dangling off the fire escape. Wired to isolate, telling the truth with a liar shake. Shangri La awaits, Shinobi, keep that grin on me. Homilies for the homies, I'm a reddo when I'm lonely. Geppetto's specialty was making phonies, huh? Proper roadside wood carving, land parcel looking like bush gardens. Quit rap to be a cush farmer, not really. Smirk like Akinelli, protrude the pot belly. Bust the b-boy in profile, must the decoy know now what their essence is facsimile. Lessons in fragility, menagerie of the guilty. Stress run the world, my nigga, you must know that. Stress run the world, my nigga, you must know that. Stress run the world, my nigga, you must know that. You must know that. Stress run the world, my nigga, you must know that. Stress run the world, my nigga, you must know that. Stress run the world. Stress run the world. No, I met you when you were probably like 16 in a coffee shop up here oh, yeah, with yeah, fucking yeah. Alex Terrio, yeah, way yeah. back in the day. Long time ago. And now I live in Biddeford, right next to Sofo. Well, why don't you ever <laughs> I do Wednesday after after night shit. Ah, uh, that's a good question. We are here right now. Yeah, so <laughs> I'll pop some bottles. Thank you, Rap Fiera. Ferrera. Thank you all. Love and good night. It has been a pleasure.